Hey, this is Sonny Dollywell, and you're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Now you can sample or track your favorite comics and see our upcoming events. It's all right there at yuckyucks.com. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What's going on, my little yuckamaniacs? This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. It is, uh, yeah, wow. All right, I'm not going to get all crazy about this. Uh, we all know what day it is. We all know uh, what transpired last night. And uh, let's not, uh, for one second, pretend like we don't. Uh, I'm not going to go on a big political rant, folks. I know you guys are probably tired of hearing it, and I'm tired of speaking about it. So... Uh, yes, we woke up to a Donald Trump presidency, something that I've feared for a very long time, but I'm trying to stay optimistic about it. I've just done uh, two newspaper interviews uh, with some local newspapers here and uh, asking about an American's perspective living in Canada. And all I will say is that I am very blessed. I'm very grateful to be living in this fine country that all of you call home. And I'm very blessed for the opportunities that I have to stay here, that my family's here, that uh, we live a very good life here in Canada and that you guys take care of your people. And I really hope my uh, my my hope is that Donald Trump takes this seriously, that he uh, surprises people and he tries to be a good president and he tries to represent everybody because as of right now, it's a very difficult thing to see. It's a div very difficult thing to wrap your head around uh, to to feel like he is going to represent uh, everybody and their special interests. And, uh, and, uh, I really hope that the country does not get set back 50 years by all this. Um, listen, I'm not going to make this all about the election. Like I said, I want this to be a positive thing because today's guest is none other than old Bebsy Rob Bebenek. That's right. The monster out in Toronto that, uh, it, it was, it's very much Loch Ness monster for me because uh, I've heard, of sightings of uh, a fantastic comedian out in Toronto that goes by the name of Rob Bebenek. I was yet to see him. I did see video clips, but that never really does anybody justice. I've seen video clips of the Loch Ness Monster. I've seen video clips of Bigfoot. And and I it didn't make me feel like uh, it was a legitimate thing. I had to go out there and see it for myself. And, of course, hand-in-hand hand goes with... Uh, going out to Toronto with my trip a couple weeks back and getting to s watch Rob Bebenek in action uh, and, of course, getting to sit down with him afterwards and podcast and, and subsequently now getting to work with him. Uh, and it's uh, it's absolutely uh, – it's a am seriously honored that I get to work with such fantastic talent. Um, yes, we've been kind of working behind the scenes, uh, and, and you'll hear it in this podcast at the very end. I, I, I end up getting upset at, uh, at Rob uh, because um, lack of, of branding and social media attention. And, and I, I get upset because people don't know comedians in Canada as well as they should. The amount of talent in this country is off the charts. And someone like Rob Bebenek and, and even like who I interviewed last week, Nigel Grinstead, uh, Anthony Malekas, um, all these people that I got to see out in Toronto, um, I'm just amazed that they are not on a bigger stage. And that's not a knock against uh, where they're at right now. It's just I know that if they were introduced to the masses, they would be 
on a different level, probably professionally and financially. And I think that we owe the, we owe that to them to produce and brand and promote these great, great talents to the best of our ability. And that's what I'm planning on doing. I'm planning on, on helping everybody in this business as much as I can. Those who want it, are those who will get it. So today I get to sit down with the very funny, very talented Mr. Rob Bevenek. We talk all about his intro into comedy, uh, some of his viewpoints on uh, all things comedy, uh, you know, everything from amateurs to uh, rooms in and around Toronto area, uh, some of the great talent, some of the talent that goes to the States, uh, people that stay here, that inevitable ceiling in, in Canada that we call in the comedy game. Uh, but it, it's a very insightful, it's a very great conversation. And, and it couldn't have happened with a more funnier guy. Uh, very talented, as I said, Mr. Rob Bevenick. So stick around and listen to that entire interview. And uh, thank you for putting up with all my crazy ranting and raving and, and politics and all that type of shit. I'm just a very passionate person when it comes to it. But um, yeah, we'll, we're, we're going to see what happens. But I need to get this podcast off to uh, my amazing uh, 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 co-worker colleague uh camille argue out in toronto because she's waiting for it right now i've been down with a cold the last couple of days not at like a flu cold but more of a stomach stomach flu type of a thing just not able to hold anything down and uh we had a great show last night uh, out here in cochran and uh uh yeah it was uh it was it was fun to go to but in the same uh context i, I couldn't i couldn't enjoy it as much as i could because i was just feeling like shit and i didn't want to throw up everywhere so anyway um, yes, keep your emails coming, folks. Keep your tweets coming. Uh, let's start a conversation around the wonderful gift of comedy in Canada and everybody in it. Uh, and, and of course, uh, well wishes to me because I'm sick, but I'm getting better. And I get to see Mark Breslin tonight. We're going to go showcase a bunch of comedians here in Calgary. I'm looking forward to that. Hey, check out uh, yuckyucks.com for all your local listings as to what's going on in and around the country. There's uh, fabulous, fabulous shows happening every weekend uh, at Yucks and, of course, on the on-tour shows. Uh, if you have any ideas, uh, and, and, of course, we specialize in this type of stuff, Christmas parties, corporate fundraisers, uh, or sorry, cor corporate parties, uh, fundraisers, uh, anything you need, uh, come and look us up yuckx.com plenty of agents all around the country to help you realize your dream and i promise i wasn't reading that on a uh, on a commercial note um stay tuned guys we still have another two more interviews after this one uh for my trip out in toronto uh, it was a great time uh and of course like i said this interview uh just takes it to the next level ladies and gentlemen mr rob bevenek Anyway, what time do you have to take off to uh, – how far of a drive is that anyway? Uh, it's not that far. If there's no traffic, it's like an hour and a, like 15 minutes, hour oh, okay. and a half. But if uh, – this traffic's so fucked, it 
could be. You, like, who knows, eh? But Thursday's always the worst for whatever reason. Really? I think because a lot of people take Friday off work in Toronto. So right. They'll work four 10 hour days. Oh, I have see. A three day weekend. So everyone just so they don't takes have to off do early. Commute. Right, so right. I think everyone, I think that's why traffic's worse on Thursday. Everybody heads, heads, heads out of town before the weekend, though. Eh? Yeah, and then people staggered leave on Friday. Like, they'll, people start leaving at noon. Right. On Friday. So yeah, yeah. It's always the worst on Thursday. So I look, it's taken me like three and a half hours before. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. So I uh, I always leave like I'll, I'll probably leave around six just to right. cushion. Just to make sure. Yeah. And do you do you stay the night when when, when you're over there? Uh no. The, we no? only we only get the hotels in like the, the winter winter months. <laughs> so. so all these like caveats of Yeah. It's the weirdest there's so many rules to that They're like between eighty five and eighty nine you could have had a room, but the spring break of 92 ruined 85. It's like, holy fuck, man. There's so many different conditions. And, and well, that's just one, one person will ruin, will do one thing, and then fuck it up that's everybody. a new rule. <laughs> so it's, it's literally like 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 punishing the entire class yeah. for one kid who yeah, know, fucked up or something. under the desk. <laughs> oh, it's man. It's like, all right, no more gum, you little bastards. Like it, it's, uh, everybody pays a price. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have too much trouble following the rules because they're not outlandish. Right, they're not nothing crazy expectations. No, but like if you if you found out some of the people who were banned, you'd be like, "How the fuck is that guy banned?" You're like, "Well, this weird thing happened one time, and now they're banned." Now they're done. Oh, Rob Babinek, is that how you pronounce your last name? Yeah. Okay. Spot on. Awesome, awesome. A lot of of people want to emphasize. The second syllable, so they really? say Babenek. Babenek, but it's it's Babenek. Yeah. Babenek. All right. What kind of name is that? Uh, Uke. Ukrainian. Ukrainian. Yeah. Nice, nice. I never had a pierogi till I moved to Canada. Really? Yeah. Now it's not big in the states for yeah. some reason. That's I don't a, know. That's a damn shame. It is a damn shame. But once I had them, I was like, oh man, this is like mother's milk. This is dynamite. Yeah, they're a, they're a staple at Nana's house. <laughs> I bet they are. Are you from Toronto? Where are you from? I'm from Kitchener, just down the road. Okay. Okay. How far of a how far of a jaunt is that? Uh, it's an hour down the four hundred one. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. So you're kind of peripherally around the the greater Toronto area. You kind yeah. of knew, or was it? Did you have your own? Is it your own world out there, or is it oh, kind yeah. of like don't, a? Don't you dare tell. <laughs> it's affiliated with Toronto. GTA. No, no shit. It's, it's not as spread out. Like, it's. It's like Abbotsford to Vancouver. Okay, okay. Like, that's sort of the... It's got its own identity and its own... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty big city, too. Like, it's, you know, comparatively in in Canadian city standards. Right, right. uh, I think there's... That Kitchener and Waterloo combined is over 500 now. Oh, no shit. They're like the 10th. I think they snuck in. Wow. They bumped somebody to make They made the list. Wow. Holy shit. Wow. So when did you make the move to Toronto? Uh, when I, I lived here for like a year when I was 18 and then I buggered off and then I wound, wound up back here in oh nine, I guess. Oh nine. Yeah. So what were you, so let you, so you, you grew up out there. You, Wait, you, 07, sorry. 07. Yeah. Fall okay. Of 07, I, I wound up back here. I was living in Vancouver. I spent two years out there. What were you doing out over on Van? I was just building houses and no shit trying to figure out what i liked <laughs> i was like i don't know what i like doing I, people told me it's nice in vancouver so i went out there and it was shit it just rains. didn't like it yeah i hated vancouver it's it can be depressing like it's gonna be very beautiful but it can be very depressing with that weather i hadn't gone back for years up until so I, i've been nine 
nine years in Toronto, mm-hmm. and I hadn't gone back to Vancouver for like seven years. Right. And the first day I got off the plane, I was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. It's so lush and green. I miss Vancouver so much. Right. And it was overcast. Yeah. Right. And then 24 hours later, it was still overcast. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. And then the day after that, it was still fucking overcast and raining. I was like, oh yeah, I hate Vancouver. I hate this place so much. It never stops raining. It's always, yeah, it seems like that, man. The first year I lived out there, we had a record rainfall. Right. Uh, or Sorry, sorry, almost record. It rained for 44 consecutive days. Holy shit. And the record was 45. No way, so for a day short. So I didn't even short. Get to be a part of the record. <laughs> the record like, it was just like, here, have a miserable month and a half, and then also, fuck you, you don't get to brag about it. <laughs> you don't, there's no title involved. No, and then it, this is how bad it was that, that winter rain i remember the day i saw the sun <laughs> i'm not making that up i actually i remember where i was i was putting cedar shakes on the side of my boss's house right and the sun peeked out and i was like holy shit sun that's that's how bad it is it had this been is like a homer and odysseus like waiting for the clouds to part and the sun comes shining down yeah awful man. wow that awful. is crazy Holy shit! And they say people like they like they say friendly or f- Toronto's not a friendly city, right? Uh, absolutely, astronomically more friendly than Vancouver. No way, you find? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was out there for a little over two years, and I made next to no friends. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I fancy myself a pretty outgoing guy, right? No, it's just everyone's got their. I do this thing, and I don't know who you are. Right? So you don't off. fit into that. Yeah, you don't fit. Into what my lifestyle is like. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Right. A lot of fake nice out there. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Feigning interest in what you have to say and do. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not a great. It's a different, yeah, a completely separate landscape. But uh, the comedy scene, though, uh, sorry, the comedy scene. Uh, there seems like there's some type of a weird brethren between different coasts. Like you come out to Toronto and people are all. Like, that's what I found. It's like, it's almost like a biker gang. Like, no matter what town you're in, there's a chapter where you can kind of go and hang out and, and yeah, people know sure. each other kind of around, you know what I mean? We're all like-minded people, right? Right. We're all kind of the same. We're all kind of fucked up weirdos dying for attention. (laughs) And then when you're transient, as a lot of us are, like you, you, you see people in another city and they become that familiar face. Right. They... And then you, they come to your city, and you welcome them in. Right, and it right. Becomes, yeah, like that, like a brotherhood, like yeah. a biker gang. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, you're good here, man. Like, you're this good. Is yeah, a safe house. This is <laughs> <laughs> you're safe with us, brother. Yeah, I noticed that last night because, like, we went out to uh, we went out to the Dopin Dopin Mike. Yeah, and that was show. oh man, that was dynamite. Yeah, and it's a uh, great show. really it's good packed? show. Yeah, it was packed, it's super almost, packed. It's almost 100% of the time packed. Yeah, and, man. And every now and then somebody sees it on a bad night, and they're like, that show's not that great. <laughs> every other week it's a slam. good show. Yeah, it seemed really good. And then we went uh, we went out for a bite to eat next door at some uh, barbecue place or something like that. And, and I'm not quite sure. I brought home some food last night from it. But it's like a narrow little, but yeah. it's like a barbecue place, man. And yeah, it, that's aft. That's become phenomenal. The, it, that show, like... Like, Spirits has been Spirits since I started comedy sure. and, and long before it. Right. So, like, that was kind of like the Wednesday hangout show. Right, But right. there's, like, a shift happening to Dope and Mike. Um, and it's just, like, it, it's because Jeff uh, made the show good. Like right. He says no to people who aren't ready to do the show. Sure. Like, it's a hard-hitting comedy night. You, right. You go there on, a, on a, just a random Wednesday, and you'll see... 
you know, seven, eight headliners, yeah. like legit headliners, yeah. too, not just guys who happen to headline. Right, right. And and it's just a killer show. Yeah. And now, like, with a, there's a lot of pot room comedy shows in Toronto. Right. Um, but it's the audience is potheads who happen to be at a comedy show. Right, right. Whereas uh, Jeff's show at Dope and Mike is comedy fans who happen to be smoking pot. Happen to be smoking weed. Yeah, and yeah, that's totally. That's why that show's better. Yeah. Because I like I, I like I walked in and I and you know I think you always kind of have this weird idea in your head of walking into a certain room what it's going to be like, yeah. and I walked in and I really didn't know what to expect but I just thought it was going to be like a just a bunch of dread dread like dreadlocks and, and people just smoking like just a bunch of hippies just a bunch of hippies <laughs> totally but it was like every day like people and you know one guy was like and I think in a fucking suit and the other yeah. guy like you know normal date and everybody's just smoking weed and having fun and I was like shit this is dynamite I saw one night I saw these guys bring their dates right in there and they were like they were dressed like people who would go to a nightclub right and you could see the look on the girls faces like where the fuck <laughs> these two losers us? right right it was really f- like they were so like fish out of water yeah but, you know they found their little table yeah and then like you don't have to smoke weed sure it's you just hang out yeah and then, like you know tw- 10 12 minutes into the show they're dying right in the show yeah, yeah just watching them walk in and i leaned over to jeff and i was like they're they're not gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's great man it wins you over though the room just wins you over well again it's it's the quality of the show we were talking yeah. about before we started recording yeah like, just the importance of a quality show right like if there's no weak spots on the show people are like hey that was great i'll right. go back absolutely and if you know you can get away with one maybe even two if there's like you know eight acts on the show right right but if you there's too many people who run shows they put whoever on right and then they have like 15 comics long so not only yeah. is it excruciatingly long right it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they might have a few good comics that they'll save to the end, cause, right? Because you know I want to end strong, like, right? No, but it's the show's dead. You you killed it. Yeah, an hour ago. Totally. It sucks. And yeah. No one's coming back. Exactly. Because people were like, <laughs> Canadians are inherently nice, right? So they don't want to just get up and leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, if they're... you had that same awful show, right. In the states, they if it was bad night, people would just they'd get up fucking and fuck walk. Off. Yeah, absolutely. But in Canada, they wait it out and then never go back. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a double fuck you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a horrible. It's ruining Canadian comedy because these bad long shows. Yeah, because I've talked to comics like guys like Sam Tripoli and stuff like that who are just like, if you don't like me, I'd rather you just fucking walk. Then yeah. sit there and be like, oh, it's a good job tonight. You know what I mean? And like, it's like, I would rather you just be honest and fucking leave. And then I don't have to deal with the fake bullshit. Yeah. Like you're never coming back anyway. So I haven't won you over. Yeah. That's interesting though, man. And, and, and so like, but with, so when did you start integrating? When did you start comedy? Uh, I took a crack at it when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So I did like the Humber course. Uh, okay. And then I dropped out uh, and I just didn't do comedy after that. Right. Uh, but like I said, I was living in Vancouver. It was raining a lot. I didn't like it. I was like, I don't like working <laughs> construction anymore. I'd like to go back and try comedy again. Right. So I moved back in in '07, and then like just kind of jumped in. Both started feet. from there. Yeah. Wow. So it was like I was 18 when I when I first tried it. Yeah. And then I didn't do it again until I was 24. But when I I was almost I was almost 25, and then I just like I think my my two years in I had like. 400 sets down like holy I was shit just hitting every mic i could going out and even if i wasn't on a show i would just go out and watch comedy all night right 
I, uh, so you knew you wanted to be around it. You knew you were you were in it. You just wanted to. Well, it was the only thing that ever made me happy. Right. right? So I spent all these years just wandering around the country where I lived in Ottawa for a while doing different jobs. And I was like, I don't like I just wasn't ever happy. Right. And then like a month after coming back to Toronto and getting into comedy, I was like, oh, I I smile again. This is like, fulfilling. Yeah. yeah. And it totally like I was just like, OK, well, now I, I have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think crazy. I could quit now if I wanted to. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Cause some You're days in. I do. I'm like, fuck, I hate comedy. I'm quitting. <laughs> It is like that, though. It, it, I, I can totally see that, man. And, and so, like, and so, what, what was going on in your life at the time? Like, when you moved back here, were you were you still plugging away, building building houses and stuff like that, or were you? Yeah, yeah. I uh, well, my dad's a carpenter. Okay. Uh, he's he's fifty two years in. Wow. Being a carpenter. Holy shit. Uh, so I was like, I was raised with genetically a modified to be right? a carpenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If uh, if I loved it, and I do still, like I I, I do enjoy woodworking and carpentry, but I just sure. I don't know, my body's fucked up, my back hurts, my knees hurt yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time. So it was it was I had to get away from it. Right. Right. But yeah, I mean I still I mean put a hammer in my hand, I could swing that fucking <laughs> You still go hard with it, huh? Yeah. So uh who was on the scene when you first started? Like when uh, how old are you now? Uh how old am I now? Thirty three. Thirty three. Right. Yeah. So how old were you when you so you're about twenty four or twenty five when you got back into it? Yeah, I started three months before my twenty fifth birthday. And who was the, like do you remember people that were on the scene then that are still involved in comedy now? Or like did you have any people that were like mentors for you or, or anybody that kinda Um, it's it's funny. So the the four guys like you know Alex Pavone, yep, Matt O'Brien, yep. Mark DeBonis? Yes, yeah. Those those three and myself, we did every show together for like the first two years. Like no way. It was just every night I saw those guys. We went, we we found out this show here. We would go there. Like right. the four of us went, did every show together, and we all pushed each other. Like yeah. if it weren't for those guys, I wouldn't be near as good as I am now. Right. And I'd like to think the same way because it was like, oh, Matt got this. I gotta, I gotta do that. No, right. like Mark did this, and like. And there were so many nights where Mark dragged me out where I was like, uh, I just right. kind of want to watch The Simpsons and get high tonight. He's like, no, let's, let's go do an open mic. He's, he's like, let's go on this show. And, and I'm like, that show sucks. And he's like, who cares? Let's go do it. And I was like, all right, man, let's let's go do this shit show. And we did. We, we did the worst shows. No way. Like, I, I did shows where, like, the Ryerson show where you would show up and it was just like a music open mic. Right. And... They hated when a comic <laughs> would get on, and it was you couldn't get them to listen, and people would just fucking yell at you. And no you just, way! But that's where you learn to never be afraid of an audience. <laughs> <laughs> I can put up with anything if I'm here. So yeah, those those guys were. Th- I started with them, came up with them. No and way! Like, we're still we're still we don't never see each other anymore, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. we're still really good friends. I saw Mark uh, Mark Debonis come through Calgary with. Uh, I saw them at a comedy Monday night, and he had a guy with him, Garrett Jameson. Yeah, yeah. And he was, I was just talking to uh, Nigel about it. He's a fucking hilarious guy, man. Yeah. All those guys. All those guys are super funny, man. Well, Garrett was my neighbor for the longest time. Was he really? Yeah, and we ended up, we worked at a bar together for a while. Yeah, I saw, I was like, you're that dude from Subway. He had that yeah. Subway bit going all crazy. He's, Internet, he's everything. Skittles Cat. Oh, he's Skittles Cat now. Remember Skittles Cat? Yeah, yeah no that's, shit. That's also Garrett. Oh, my God. This guy's resume is intense. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I was blown away by his performance, man, because he had that. He's got that presence with him, that umber kind yeah. of sketch, you know, type. Well, of, he was uh, in a sketch group called the Boom forever. The Boom. And then the Boom 
finally just disintegrated like people right. went this way and that way and then it finally just became like everyone kind of did their own thing yeah and that's when garrett sort of refocused to the stand-up world right right because uh, he was always doing a little bit of stand-up but but yeah he, he wasn't like both feet in kind of thing so, right so right he switched over but so have you had a chance to go right across canada yeah doing comedy yeah I've done, a- and uh, the only provinces i haven't done are uh I haven't done the territories, mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't done Saskatchewan. Right. And I think that's it now. No way. Yeah. What was your experience like going across? I mean, like, is, did your comedy, do you find it resonated here just as much as it did out in the West? The first time I went out West, I found myself, I, I think I realized how many Toronto-based jokes I had. Right. The first time I went out there, because I right. was like, I'm about to get on stage, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this joke and this joke. And I'm like, wait, this joke's not going to make any sense. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I th- had I not done that, I think I still would have been like – people fall into that local comic right. like problem. Sure. Uh, and I, I think that that first trip, which I did with Brian O'Gorman, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, he dragged me out there, and then I was just like, oh, yeah, I really have to try and write more universally. And right. it changed the way I, I had a – my my opinion of of how how to write interesting and then even now like last year i started to do more stuff in the u.s and right. then i realized like okay i have coast to coast canadian material but there's a lot of shit i can't use in the states in the now. states wow so, so it's always like evolving thing then yeah and i think if you stay in one place you even if you get really good at like writing toronto jokes right. you'll never be anything more than a toronto comic yeah Definitely. What's your process for writing? I mean, are you the type of guy that you got to make time? You got to be, you know, like you got to focus on and you do it, or are you like something funny happens and I just throw it down on my notes? Exactly. I write it in my notes and then I'll go to an open mic. I'll be like, I'll try and figure out that joke and I'll just get on stage and start talking. No shit. And sometimes it falls into place and sometimes it falls flat on its face. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't write. Like I sit down, I, I think personally, because I hate mechanical-looking comics. Right. Like I right. hate when I'm watching a comic and I'm like, "That's written." Right. And even though I know everything is written. Sure, but you can uh, tell that sticks out more. Yeah, when you see somebody who's a meticulous writer. Right. Uh, which isn't entirely true. I'm realizing mid-sentence how bullshit that is because <laughs> Jeff McHenry is one of my favorite comics, and he's a meticulous writer. He's got to sit down and do it. But you would never tell. You can't tell that on stage. It's right. So. His delivery is so natural and non-mechanical. Right. Um, he does. He d- he has that, like, last night when we were watching him. I was just like, he, it's almost like he's telling a story, and then he f- he's like, oh, yeah, and then this happened. And you're like, holy fuck, that's genius. But yeah. behind the scenes, he's it's all it's all written out. It's oh, all yeah. planned out. He'll, like, he's the kind of guy, like, my A-bits take a long time to make it there. Right. They evolve so much. Words change. Lines change. Uh the first time he does a joke, it's a material. Wow. Because he's sat there and stared at the words for hours and hours. That's like, incredible. He did a joke, and I can't I can't get him to tell it again because he thinks it's dated. Right. Because it was about Avatar. So technically, yeah, it's kind of dated. Right. But his, the joke was, and I'm going to fucking butcher it right now because it's I'm not Jeff McHenry. <laughs> but he, this whole premise was about how you can't get in an argument with James Cameron. That's right. why that's why James Cameron's been divorced because women don't like to be wrong and James Cameron can never be wrong. <laughs> and he's like, imagine getting in an argument with James Cameron. He's like uh, he's like bitch, I followed up the highest grossing film of all time. 
with the highest grossing <laughs> film of all time. Oh, I didn't do the dishes. I made Terminator 2, bitch. Like, just... It's it's incredible. Like that it, is fucking genius, man. And he wrote the joke. Oh. No one had ever heard it, and the first time he played it, it was word for word perfect. And you're just like, oh, that's why you're Jeff McCann. Wow. That yeah. is incredible, man. It's genius. Like, it's Jeff. Like, when I first started, I was like, oh, my God, Jeff's brilliant. I was going to ask that. Like, th- yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I, I think everybody's kind of got that, uh, that that people they see for the first time that they're like, holy fuck, I didn't know be, it could be this great. Or I could see somebody just knock it out of the park. Uh, obviously you mentioned Jeff. I mean, was there anybody else out there that was like, let me, let me take you under my wing a bit and show you the ropes or, uh, well, th- as far as like taking like Dave Merhage taught me and, and Mark and, and all like, like Pavone and O'Brien, he taught us how to hustle. Wow. Dave was like the hardest working guy. He was out. He like, even when we were like, what are you doing at this shit open mic? You're too good for this. It was right. just like five shows a night. Like Dave had to get on stage. So wow. he taught us a work ethic. And then there's, there's so many comics where I'm just like, like the first time I saw Rob Pugh, I was like, oh, there's the best comic in the country. Right. Like, right. Uh, and it was all like so many of the guys that I looked up to and thought were brilliant starting out. And I was like, I would see them and be like, oh my God, that guy's like one of the best or, sure. or, or oh my God, she's so funny. Like I wound up being friends with all these people. Right. Right. Like it was kind of a weird thing where you, you, all the people you envy, you sort of end up hanging out hanging with, out them. with Yeah. And uh, it's it's kind of like it's a cool experience like that, like for and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of business that are like, I mean, I had this conversation a little while ago, but it's like people in comedy, especially are so fucking accessible, man, which is so different than like if you're if you're, you know, a singer coming up, I mean, you're not going to go to a club and hang out with like Mariah Carey and like all the other people that you envy coming up as amazing singers. But in comedy. You go to a club and you could be rubbing shoulders with someone that you're just like, holy fuck, dude, you're, you're. Yeah, I mean, it's the equivalent of like a, a kid growing up watching his favorite hockey player and then getting drafted in the NHL and being on the same team. Right. It's, it's right. that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, like you know, Mike Wilmot's so funny. Like I, I love watching Wilmot, and then you know, years down the road, you're drinking pints of wine with him in Halifax. <laughs> You're like, holy fuck, this is my life. This is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's it's because of that, you know, again, kind of tying back to that brotherhood thing, but mm-hmm. also because you, when you're starting out, you're just getting festivals, right? Mm-hmm. You're just getting it. You're so excited you're getting a festival. And then you go see the guys like Wilmot, who's right. done every festival 500 times. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're at Halifax where we're excited. And he's just like, he's like, ah, it's just a good time to hang with the boys for a few days. Like, <laughs> he normalizes it, right? Yeah, he doesn't it? give a shit. Right, he's just right. Like, to him, it, that's a vacation. Yeah. Like, I get to go get drunk with a large quantity of my friends. Right, right. For a few days in a row. Right. Like it. And that's all it is to them. Like everyone else is like nervous and excited. Wow. And, you know, he'll just get blasted and, and. You're like, hey, you know, you got a taping later. And he's like, I don't give a shit. And then he goes out and just crushes. And you're like, oh, that's why you're like, well, fuck. That's fucking dynamite, though, man. That's pretty crazy, though. Like, that's like that, that's the business. And 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 uh, it, it, when you when you got into the business, I mean, obviously, like, there's people out there that, and I've seen it now. I mean, I've I haven't been in the comedy business for a very long time, but I mean, and I probably speak better to this because I'm that fan, that the guy that just, you know, didn't really appreciate it until I started hanging out in that industry. But 
I'm just as big of a of a of a you know guilty party. But you look at people like Louis C.K. and you're like, oh fuck, yeah, yeah, I've been following Louis for a while. He's been doing it for 20 fucking years. Yeah. And people think that, oh, because I saw his show five years ago when it first came out, it was like, well, no, this guy's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, he was grinding it out as a nobody forever. Exactly. And and so, I mean, when you got into this business, did you look around and be like, this is going to be... Because uh, I, I, it's funny. I talk to certain comedians and they're like, oh, I've only been doing it for 10 years. I've only been doing it for 12. Right? You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's only? fucking crazy, man. Like, that, it, But... When, but when you got your feet wet, were you like, I'm this, this, I mean, some things happen for other people faster than it does for, for some others. And, and was that a, a fight that you knew you were going to get into at some point was like, this is going to be a, this is going to be a long haul. Yeah. I mean, like in some regards, it, it helps to get overlooked early. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, first of all, it puts a chip on your shoulder. Right. Uh, but second of all, like a lot of people get too much too fast. Right. Um, it's it's like oh you've you you had this one great set and then the right person saw you and then they want to put you on this stage that's right. too big for you right um, and then there's people who just get overlooked and overlooked until one day somebody's like hey why the fuck have have it how this are you not done? on this right right so like anytime you get rejected for something it's hard but it gives you one more year to get that thing and you'll be one year better right 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 so it's it. Like, a lot of people, again, like, going back to Matt and and Alex and Mark, like, we got things at at different times. Right. We all went through yucks. Sure. Uh, Mark left. The rest of us are still, I don't know, I think Alex is in limbo. Right. (laughs) He's in New York anyways. But, like, we all got signed at different times. It's not like we, oh, we do all the shows together. We're all good. We all get signed at once. Like, we all got signed at at different levels. And we all kind of. It wasn't like if we'd get signed by Yucks. It right. was like when we get signed by Yucks. Right. And, you know, if you're not looking beyond things, that you, that's where you plateau. Right, right. So it, it's, yeah, I don't know, it's, you get different things at different times, and, and mentally managing it is probably the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. But if you can take yourself out of it for a second and look right. at it from a logical standpoint, like I just said, like, you miss out on something, don't worry, you'll be better when you finally get it. Right. Whereas right. somebody who gets, I don't know, somebody gets a Just for Last Gala two years in, right. the gala goes horribly because they're not ready for not that ready big for stage. It. Yeah. And then they never get back to JFL. Right. right. Whereas somebody, you know, might never get it for 15 years and then they get it, crush it. Right. The right person sees them there. And they and get that. Yeah. A perfect example is K. Trevor Wilson. Right. right. I mean, there's a guy who got passed over for this and passed over for that and then you know he was out there grinding though like he was working hard and he's been at it for so long and then especially in the last like year Mm -hmm. the guy's blowing up right and the reason he keeps getting better and blowing up higher is because he's put all the work in right he has all the tools right right he knows how to do all that shit so I mean, that's amazing, man. That that really that, you know, and it's such a funny business like that because I, you know, have a chance to meet a lot of comedians and I, I'm just like, yeah, and you're right. There's certain people I look at and I'm just like, yeah, maybe they maybe this is too much for you too fast. And then there's other people I'm like, how are you not on a fucking like how do it's just like it doesn't make it's it's a hard thing for my brain to process. I'm like. It's only got to be because you're not exposed to the masses that you're not huge yet. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people. I'm just like, that's genius shit. I mean, there's two dozen comics I can think of in Canada off the top of my head that if you're just like, oh, yeah, if we just 
put you on the right stage, you would then yeah. everyone would be like, This person's brilliant right. and they'd be the, that overnight success. Exactly. Exactly. do you think do you feel though that you, that has to be something that happens in the states do you think that that ha- move has to happen do you have to go to like a larger market in order to make it do you think canada is enough to because uh, i know that's been a reoccurring conversation on this show is people you know they hit kind of a ceiling so to speak in canada and they're like i you know in order for me to make it to that next level i'm gonna and you see a lot of comics and and you know and there's some people you know probably go down too early because they're down there for six, seven months, and all of a sudden they they quietly are back, and you're yeah. like, what, what happened? <laughs> well, there's there's people who go there because they they like there's yeah I need to go to L.A. I, I need to go to New York. I, I'm going to go there and be famous. But right. like I said before, they don't have they don't have the tools yet. Right. So they go down there and they they sure they get on a couple of shows, but then people see them and they're like, yeah, he's no fucking good. Right. Right. Uh, and then there's people like I I don't understand the people who. Uh, they're not a big fish here, right? And like they're, I don't know, they're in the around the sixtieth percentile here. Sure. And then they're like, I'm gonna go to New York. I'm right. Like, well, why? <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna get on, you're gonna have a harder time getting on stages there. Yeah, yeah especially th- New York's a little easier to get on stages. You can get on. Well, because there's like fucking eight a night or something. You can like yeah, people well, over there is like twenty. Yeah. But L. A. Like. It's hard to get on stage. Pretty co- coveted spots, yeah. And and so like you're gonna go to L.A. and get less stage time, right? And be shit longer, right? Like, right. Work right. Out, become a big fish before you're ready to leap, right? I I I've always believed in that. Like I always believe like if you're doing well, people are gonna find you. They're gonna they're gonna hear about you. Well, and you get lost in the the wash. Now there's there's people who have the mentality of like well. Why would I get good here and then go there and be a nobody? Mm-hmm. My argument to that is like, well, you won't be a nobody when the right person sees you. Right. Or right. you're going to get down there. You're going to do a couple shows. People will be like, whoa, who the hell is this guy? Right. And then, right. And then you, you know. Yeah. You're not going to stay a nobody for very long if you're good at what you do. Yeah. yeah. You progress quicker in that sense. But I mean, who am I to knock what everyone else's path is? Right. Right. I, I think everyone has to do their own thing. And right. You know, if you pop, you pop. But yeah. uh, to your question, like, do you have to go to the States now? Uh, like, I think less so. Right. Uh, things like, just things like the internet. Yeah. That <laughs> changes. To some degree. Like, right. I, I still think to to be huge, you need to be there. Because mm-hmm. you need to at least get in front of Netflix. You right. can come back here, make your, your Netflix show and live in Canada. Sure. And then that's broadcast everywhere. Right, but, right. But I, you know, I think... Like a guy like Trev is proving you don't necessarily have to leave to be a big deal. Right. But as I say that, he's doing more and more shit in the states, and, right. and he's kind of kind of popping up there. Yeah. But I, I mean, I want to believe that you don't have to leave, but I I kind of started doing more stuff in the states because I think there's this like I don't know what yeah. else am I gonna do here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense though, man. What's up next for you though? I mean, as as you know, obviously, I saw you last night at the uh, at the showcase. You did you did fucking unbelievable there last night. It was super oh, funny, you. man. It was great. Uh, what what do you want next for you? What do you want to do? You want to tour across the country on theater shows? Do you want to go to the states and do more work? Are you, uh, I want to make a TV show. <laughs> you want to do TV? Yeah, I've uh, I've written uh, 
more than one pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have like I have my baby, the one that I've really been working on for a long time. It's yeah, like cleaning windows. It's about a low budget window and eavesdrop cleaning company. Nice. It's kind of like uh, office meets trailer park boys kind of thing. Nice. Um, but it's uh, yeah, I've been working on that like crazy. Uh, I've got a guy down in L.A. showing that script around, getting some good feedback. Awesome, man. Um, so yeah, that's that's my goal. Like I want to get that show made. I have other stuff on the go. Show-wise, right. that's sort of my main thing. I started writing a show for Alex Pavone and and, uh, and Dave Mirage. So oh, nice! Yeah, they're they're great, hilarious dudes, but they're both illiterate. So, <laughs> <laughs> so someone's got to do the yeah. someone's got to do the the, so the I work. Took the on like I never want to stop doing stand-up comedy. I love stand-up. But right. I, my goal is to make a show. Like, so, but are you? Are, do you mean like in the in the sense of you want to be the guy behind it, or do you want to be in front of the camera too? Uh, I think both. Yeah, I uh, I want to write and I also perform in it. Right. Uh, I always think of a guy like Todd Phillips. Right. Uh, who appears in each one of his movies. Right. Uh, I would like maybe more. Yeah. Than Todd, but I don't know. Like I'm not. Well, I'm not gonna be a leading man. No, no, but no, but but it, but that's 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 interesting thing though because you, you seem like the type of guy that's like. I will be in it if it's if it's necessary, but I don't have to be in everything that I do. Well, I, I mean, I think a lot of people who make themselves the star of something right. can fizzle out or just like, I don't know. You need to you need to understand your own limitations. Sure. Um, and I, I don't know. I've I've acted in some things. Yeah. I, uh, I'm pretty decent at it, but you know, I I, I could stand to be a sub character. Yeah. In in things. Uh, yeah. I mean, Larry David popped up in the Seinfeld, uh, right. but then he made Curb. So right, right. And he's the star of it, right? So he and it's I fucking brilliant. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I could see myself if I wrote the right character right. for myself. Yeah, yeah. But Wow. That's incredible, man. And I want to be in a war epic, too. I want to be That'd be dynamite, dude. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen, like, sometimes I'll just be sitting around, and I'll be like, I'll watch, like, uh, oh, I don't know, something like Band of Brothers or, or like... Uh, you know, uh, what was that one with Matt Damon where they went over there to Saving Private Ryan or something? Yeah. Like, some of those epic fucking, like, that'd be badass to do something. Yeah, see, I think, like, a World War Two flick would be maybe, I don't know if I'd want to be in one of those. <laughs> like, I, I'm talking, like, I want to be a gladiator. Oh, okay, that's, like, that's the more, Roman. more separation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, I just want to, like, I just want to talk like that. Like I just want to be, yeah. Yeah, I just want to. I want to be in a movie where I can talk in a in an over the top raspy voice, <laughs> like what we do in life, echoes of eternity. Like just, that's great. I, I just want to talk like that. That's great. Yeah, that immortal. That yeah, I love that man. I love that. So so where where can people find you, man? Where where uh, where where can people find you? Where where are you up next? What's uh, what's going on in the world? Uh, I'm in Niagara Falls this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Uh, I'm pretty well booked up to the end of this year. I'm I do a hometown show, like a Christmas show now, right? Which I'm doing at the museum in Kitchener on the 22nd of December. That so sounds fun. Cutting it close. Yeah, I did it last year with uh, Landry, who's a comic who now lives in Atlanta, but he's grew up in Kitchener. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pavone. Alex uh, Pavone. And yeah. This year it's going to be uh, Sandy McFarland, who's a Kitchener guy. Courtney Gilmore, who's also from Kitchener, and right. then uh, Keith Pedro. Oh, wow. Um, so that'll be fun. I'm doing my album recording at the Alumni Theater in uh, in uh, March. Holy so shit. It's a ways away, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Something to look uh, forward to for sure. Yeah. 
Wow. And your Christmas show, how how big is that? How how many people? Uh it's it's actually it's a cool place. So it's in a museum. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's it's like like 130 foot ceilings. So it's Wow. I love that shit, dude. You wouldn't think it would be conducive for comedy, but right. we set it up last year and it's it you could jam 400 people into there. Because there's different levels. So we had people sitting on the second level. We had just shy of 200 there. And that was full. Wow. But if you wanted to really cram people in, there's another level up above that that you could get more people in. Holy shit. So it's kind of like if you sell 100 tickets, you're going to have a great show. Yeah. uh, Because you can adjust the seating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But if for some reason 400 people wanted to come out, we can find spots. You can do it. That's incredible, man. That That sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, you have a website, uh, Twitter, any, where can people find you there? I got a website that I don't update. <laughs> I got a we got to talk, man. I don't tweet <laughs> we got to talk about this shit. This uh, is crazy. I, uh, I'm, I got a Facebook fan page that Tyler Morrison made for me and I've never touched. <laughs> uh, I got an Instagram account that I don't think I've put anything up for a few weeks. Uh, I just, I know people tell me that social media is king. It's key. You got to get out there on social media, but like, I'd rather just be funny. (laughs) Leave that to other people. Yeah. And then every now and then I'll put something out, but it gets lost in the wash because I'm one of those people who tweets. Like most of the time I'm like, my tweets are like, oh, I should tweet something because I haven't tweeted (laughs) for six months. And then all I can think of is how stupid Twitter is. <laughs> so my tweets are just like, Twitter is shitter. Like it's, they're not funny not or interesting. It's, oh I just, yeah, I'm not a social media guy. But they all exist. If you want to look at where I was in 2012, <laughs> find that on my website, uh, which I believe is the last time I updated that Dude. thing. We got to talk. We got to talk. Oh, my God. Uh, someone needs to help me. Yeah, I think we need to talk about this immediately. Hey, continued success, man. Uh, absolute pleasure having you on the show. I look forward to bringing you out west one of these days here so people out there can experience the uh, the genius of Mr. Rob Bebenek. So uh, thanks, man, for doing the show. Thank you. All right, folks, and there you have it, the interview with the very funny, very talented Mr. Rob Bebenek. Uh, be on the lookout for his new website, new fan page, new social media, everything. We're reinventing Rob Bebenek, folks. We're refreshing it. We're bringing it back from the, uh, I don't know, a couple years back maybe. I don't know. We're going we're gonna to do shit right. Anyway, uh, check him out, folks. Rob Bebenek uh, will be launching the website soon, so uh, stay tuned for that. Um, Hey, on behalf of myself and the entire crew here at Yuck Yucks, uh, my executive producer, Kira Williams, Mr. Mark Breslin, our wonderful webmaster, Camille Argue, and her wonderful and charming husband, Lane Argue, for doing all the acoustic tracks for this uh, wonderful podcast. Stay tuned, folks. Lots of dynamite interviews in the can, as we say it in the business, but I haven't been in this business long enough to say that shit, so it is what it is. Stay tuned. Great interviews to come. We will see you next week. 